time we were together, we looked at the passage of the infamous Doubting Thomas. Really, the discerning, deliberative, wise Thomas. We are in this Easter season where, in real time, they were counting the costs and evaluating their reality. Is Jesus who Jesus says he is? This Jesus who is now with them, the same one who suffered and died. Is Jesus trustworthy? And is it really worth everything, including their very lives, to follow Jesus? Danger, cost, commitment, and likely confusion and fear. We have a wonderful opportunity in this Easter season and hour now to be informed by this counting the cost time they walked through then. We have the same questions to wrestle with. Who is Jesus? Is he trustworthy? Is it worth it to follow God? Today in our Acts passage, we pick up a little later. Jesus has ascended into heaven. Maybe a few months have gone by since the resurrection. Decisions have been made about this Jesus for many, and many more are deciding to follow God daily. We are hearing about those who decided this is really happening. Jesus has suffered and died and risen from the dead. They have decided Jesus is trustworthy. They have decided that following Jesus is worth the ultimate risk, death. As we wrestle with these same questions and not at all the same risks, we may be stirred about how to practice our Christian faith with greater commitment, both personally and corporately. When we are thinking hard about something, it behooves us to go back to the beginning. What did they do in the beginning when they settled their questions of faith? And what is amazing and crazy and wonderful and powerful is that what they did in the beginning is what we are still doing today. I doubt they were trying to put things in practice that would last for centuries. They were simply trying to be faithful followers at a precarious time. We see it in verse 42. They focused on four broad things. When life was out of control, dangerous, demanding, confusing, they decided to lean into these things. The apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Their focus was described in this verse as devotion. Continually devoted is really the direct translation from the Greek, and this phrase is really hearty. They were continually devoted to these things. They adhered to them. They were steadfastly attentive with unremitting care. They persevered and were courageous. They were constantly in readiness to participate. Continually devoted. They were about more than one thing at a time. The Christian life is multifaceted. In a counterintuitive way, it is lived in many directions at the same time. Maybe that is why sometimes it feels kind of hard. A part of the question today for us is, what may those four things look like us in our now of daily living the faith? Let's briefly dip into each. The apostles' teaching was in real time just that, what those who walked with Jesus and saw Jesus and interacted with the risen Lord 
were teaching. This became in the first century what was referred to as the Didache in the Greek, the teachings, the teachings of the Twelve. For us today, we may contextualize, take what it meant for them then, and bring it out here to our now without losing its intended meaning. History helps us here. Remember Richard Hooker's three-legged stool or John Wesley's quadrilateral? Both of these gentlemen are important contributors to the faith in the 16th and 18th centuries. They helped to label and form priorities of focus for the faith that devotion to the apostles' teaching. For Hooker, the foci would be scripture, reason, and tradition. Wesley adds a fourth, experience. Now, for both of these historic figures, these areas of focus were not about a particular individual's thoughts like we may do today in our culture, in our time, but about the collective thought and conclusions concerning these things. Not I, but we, the apostles' teaching is a broad category for us to consider. Fellowship. Fellowship is a funny word that may bring coffee tables and cookies to mind. In the Greek here, it is koinonia. It connotes sharing, community, mutuality. In our Christian context, it is about authentic, deep, Christ-centered relationship. It's a kingdom thing, and it's a big deal. In our Christian life, there is no room for lone rangers. This Christian life is not something we can do alone or in isolation. We need one another, and our lives need to show this reality. Back then it did. They needed each other to stay alive and to stay the course. The breaking of bread. This is something in practice that has changed so much over the centuries, from the beginnings of house churches to formal liturgies, devotion to the breaking of bread. In real time, this was both relational, time spent over a meal, and sacramental. What is it for us today? We must be careful our wafer and chalice sip can get lost if we do not understand all that we proclaim. We focused hard on that during Holy Week, not too long ago. Devotion to meal and sacrament. Another something that must be done together and not in isolation. And the prayers, the prayers. This phrase tells us there was already liturgy happening. There was an approach to prayer forming from the very beginning. The Lord's Prayer, the use of the Psalms, times of day to pray corporately and personally. Energy, commitment, time. Four directions of commitment broadly. A bit of a compass, but instead of helping us move one way, it helps us to be about more than one thing at a time. Prayer, relationship, sacrament, learning. When folks back then started following God and life was on the line, they gravitated toward these things. Prayer, relationship, sacrament, learning and they did them together. It is worth our time to ponder their value. If this Christian life is the real deal, how do we respond? It makes me think of when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This was a statement not of exclusion, but of relationship. We discover Jesus as the way, 
we encounter Jesus as the truth and realize Jesus is not a part of our lives, but our very life, the life. We heard it this morning in our gospel reading as Jesus called himself the gate of the sheep, the door, the way, not of exclusion, but to more. This Christian life costs everything and gives everything to us. May we know the devotion of the early, fo early followers as we seek God in our time.